are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what's going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on into Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. On today's episode, we will be recapping Kentucky's win over Albany. 86-61 to was the final score. We're going to be talking about what we saw in the first half, what we saw in the second half, and final thoughts as Kentucky cruises along in non-conference play. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. I want to remind you guys to subscribe to the podcast now so that you get notifications whenever a new episode of Locked On Kentucky comes out. I'm your host, Lance Daw, co-host of On the Line on ESPN 1067 and Fox Sports Central Alabama. Also, writer for USA Today for various SEC-related things, but on this podcast specifically, we'll be taking a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. All right, so Kentucky victors over Albany. 86-61 to was the final score. And we'll start the show here with just some of the first-half impressions that I had from this game. Obviously, Oscar Shibwe was not in foul trouble, I don't believe, until late in this game, either either uh, midway through the second half or late in this game. He did not... Uh, pick up his fourth foul. He finished with 12 points on six of six shooting. And look, this was a game that I pegged as a game where where Kentucky would be able to kind of have whatever success that they wanted uh, inside the arc, whether it be shooting jumpers, whether it be going to the paint, making layups. They were going to be able to kind of establish themselves themselves in this game uh, in the paint, and that certainly happened. Kentucky finished the day shooting 54.2% from the field, 32 of 59 overall, and they didn't, I wouldn't necessarily say that they struggled from beyond the arc, but I mean... 5 of 15 with three of your threes coming from Kellen Grady. I mean, that's not the best day. Only two only two players made a three-pointer all, all afternoon. Ty Ty Washington uh, made two of three three-pointers as well outside of Kellen Grady's three uh, threes that he hit uh, out of his five makes that he took. So overall, I think one of the first impressions that I had from this game was Kentucky did really try and control it in the paint. They were able to establish themselves. And uh, it, w- it was it was not necessarily smooth sailing, I would say, because the game was kind of back and forth there for a little bit, even though Kentucky, I believe, led for most of this contest. And the first half, though, another impression that they that I had was is something that I've kind of been harping on uh, for for a few games now. And I'll add on to it. Kentucky is not putting pressure on the ball. They are letting offenses get into their sets. They're letting them work the ball around and find a shot, whether it be a three, whether it be uh, underneath the basket. Albany had a couple of easy looks early, and then they, they knocked down the, uh, the occasional three in the first half, which, uh, which, was, which was allowed by Kentucky's defense. Kentucky's not putting pressure on a lot of teams uh, so far this season, and then they were not putting a lot of pressure on Albany. And it proved itself in the first half by uh, Albany uh, scoring quite a bit, uh, especially early on. It was kind of back and forth. And and I'll add on to this uh, takeaway by saying Kentucky is consistently playing down to their competition uh, in non-conference play so far this season. And it's not necessarily been the most frustrating thing in the world because Kentucky has managed to pull away. They have managed to 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 win these these uh, these second halves so far this season. But early on in the ball game, 
Kentucky has really struggled to kind of pull away from some of these teams, at least to the degree that I would expect them to. I mean, you're playing 0-5 Albany, and we broke down the numbers on yesterday's show. We broke down how just inefficient this team is on a lot of different fronts. We broke down the fact that they are allowing teams to shoot about 53% uh, inside the arc, which Kentucky shot a little over 54% in this game. I said that that was going to be an important metric heading into this matchup, and it turned out to be one of the determining factors. But Kentucky was at the break leading 37-28. to And for the majority of this this first half, it was a four- or five-point lead. And I, 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 don't think, I don't think that it's rational to criticize this team and to really hammer on all the things that they are doing wrong in non-conference play, because again, these are inferior opponents that they're playing, but I think that it is fair to kind of look at a couple of their different inconsistencies, some of their things that they don't do well, and and say, okay, that could be a flaw, that could get exposed by the time they play Notre Dame on the road, by the time they play Ohio State, Louisville, and then they get into non-conference play, they're playing teams like LSU, Tennessee, Auburn, they've got Kansas in their non-conference slate. I mean, I think it's fair to kind of look at this team and kind of assess where where it is right now and kind of criticize some of the things that it does. And one of the things that it does not do well is, is come out of the gate incredibly strong. I would argue that they've not come out of the gate really strong much at all this season, maybe outside of that, uh, that game against Robert Morris where uh, Kentucky was leading by 16 at the break. But even then, they went on to win by 40. So it's clear to me that Kentucky, and I don't expect any team to to necessarily go uh, come out of the gates just 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 knocking down every single shot they take, creating turnovers. You know, Damian Collins on a breakaway dunk, he's dunking from from the stinking foul line. I don't expect that. I don't expect Kentucky to be perfect. But for this team to now be ranked number ten in the nation, they're tied for Alabama in the AP poll. I would expect for them to kind of come out of the gates at least a little bit more consistent than they have been because over these past three games, Mount St. Mary's, Ohio, Albany, they have really struggled to to come out in the first half and assert themselves. Like, okay, we're at home. We're playing an inferior opponent. I don't care if they were an NCAA tournament team a year ago. It's an inferior opponent to Kentucky's talent and the fact that they have home court advantage. They should be able to not necessarily, I'm not saying blow these teams out of the water, guys, but I'm saying play play more consistent. And I think as the the, the season goes on, we're going to see more consistent play from Kentucky in the first half. So while it's a knock now, I truly do believe that Kentucky's going to be able to improve later on down the road. And hey, you look at it, their overall metrics, you know what? They're winning games by an average of 29 points right now. They're scoring 82. They're giving up 63.3 points per game. I mean, can you really ask more? from a, a Kentucky squad that that did lose to Duke early this season but has played four cupcakes. I mean, if you're winning on average by 20, that's pretty stinking good. So you look ahead, and we'll get to this later on, but they've got some more games here where they can just kind of tinker with what they've got going on. They can just kind of mess around. They can just kind of figure out, okay, what works best for us. And I think that while it is fair to criticize some of the things that they've got going on right now, and we saw some more of those things in the first half, again, just some turnovers, just some sloppy play, not putting any pressure whatsoever on the ball on the defensive side in the first half, which I don't know if that's necessarily by design, but it sure is frustrating to watch as somebody that cares about the the uh, the uh, the team. The flip side is that there are there are bright days ahead as proven by the fact that this is one of the most efficient offenses in the nation. Severe Wheeler is one of the best assist men in the entire country. 
And the this Kentucky team is, is way, way more polished than they were last season. So it's just working on the little things, just getting back to just getting back to the standard of uh, Kentucky basketball. In just a moment, we're going to talk about what I saw in the second half. But first, want to tell you guys about our friends at NetSuite. All right, guys, this is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With visibility and control of your inventory, planning, budgeting, and more, NetSuite is everything you need to grow, and it's all in one place. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. 93% of surveyed businesses increased their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Over 27,000 businesses are to use NetSuite, and right now, through the end of the year, NetSuite is offering a -a one-of-a-kind financing program to those ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash NCAA. Head to netsuite.com slash NCAA for a special end-of-the-year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. netsuite.com slash NCAA. Today's show is also brought to you by Prize Picks. All right, college football fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I absolutely love Prize Picks, and I know that you will too. Prize Picks is a leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anyone in the world, and they offer all the star players of the Power Five, as well as mid major players you might not have ever even heard of. Prize Picks offers any prop you can think of, from yardage to touchdowns to even interceptions thrown. All of the users that make a deposit using promo code LOCKEDON will receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. Again, just be sure to use promo code LOCKEDON whenever you make a deposit. You can pick 2-5 to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. It's just you versus the projected numbers. Prize Picks allows mixed sport entries as well, which means you could take the over on LeBron James points combined with the under on Patrick Mahomes passing yards in the same entry. Use the award-winning app on the App Store and Google Play. Entries can literally be made in 60 seconds or less, guys. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast, fast withdrawals, so don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com and use promo code LOCKEDON or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix, daily fantasy made easy. All right, so breaking down what I saw in the second half here, at the, in, at the end of the first half, Kentucky was shooting 59% from the floor. And in the second half, that obviously ta- tapered off just a little bit. As Kentucky finished the day, I believe, shooting just about 54% from the field. But they were still able to kind of control the game. They scored 49 points in the second half as opposed to their 37 that they scored in the first half. But this is one of the takeaways that I had from the second half. And it was just a takeaway that I had overall uh, from this matchup is Kentucky has a turnover problem. This is the second time game in a row where they have had at least 15 turnovers. They had 17 tonight, and it's holding back their offense just a little bit. I don't know if you can necessarily attribute it to uh, to to uh, inexperience because there are only three freshmen that that get any sort of uh, of playing time for the Kentucky Wildcats, and I would argue that that. Uh, 
Bryce Hopkins and Damian Collins don't get that many minutes um, as opposed to some of the other veteran guys. And I don't think that's an argument that you could make to say, well, they're turning the ball over because they're young. Well, actually, they're not. They've got a uh, junior at point guard. They've got a freshman at shooting guard, but he he's playing well beyond his years. Um, you know, Keon Brooks, Kellen Grady, Oscar Shebway, they're all upperclassmen. They, uh, they should not be churning the ball over. Kentucky should not as much as they have uh, so, so far this season. Again, like I mentioned just a minute ago, second game in a row where the Wildcats have given up at least 15 turnovers. That's not going to win you a whole lot of basketball games moving down the line against really important competition. And I think that if you look at this non-conference slate, it serves as a, a, a launching point for this Kentucky Wildcats group because the teams that they they have played outside of Duke to open the season and the teams that they are going to play until they play Louisville, Notre Dame, Ohio State, they they aren't going to face a lot of pressure. They cannot be... They cannot be churning the ball over now and being content with that. They have to improve on that mark. So that's something that that I took away from this game. Another thing that I took away from from this uh, this second half and just the game overall is Severe Wheeler, who finished the day with 15 points, seven assists, five of ten from the field. He uh, he he was not the the focal point of the offense as he has been necessarily in games past. There was uh there was a little bit of flexibility outside of Severe driving into the lane, just waiting for somebody to come open, waiting for Shebway to come open, or he himself uh taking the shot. There was a little bit more motion, there was a little bit more, it felt like there was a little bit more purpose to the offense. And I really appreciated that. Even if the shots weren't necessarily falling as often as they were in the first half, there wasn't a huge drop off. But I I appreciate the development of this offense and watching this team grow. As the season goes on, Kellen Grady was able to get involved in this game. He had 14 points, like I mentioned earlier, three of five from downtown, made three of his four uh, field or free throws rather, and uh, was was according to Ken Palm the uh, the most efficient player on the floor for Kentucky from an offensive standpoint uh, on, on Monday night. the uh, The second closest was Ty Ty Washington, who, as I mentioned earlier in the show, showed 20 points. Shot five of eleven from the uh, from the field, and according to Ken Palm, was the MVP of the uh, of the basketball game. Now, I I talked about Ty Ty, and I've talked about as a freshman, he has already shown just some just some incredible skill and incredible awareness about him. He cut down on the turnovers in this game, only had two, had three assists, um, but Ty Ty has the unique ability to create. Uh, create shots in isolation as opposed to some of these different players on this roster. And not only that, I think he also fits well whenever Kentucky wants to run a play. I think he fits well whenever he's off the ball and moving without the ball in his hands. He uh, he seems to typically be in the right place at the right time. And that's uh, that's something else that I gathered from this from this game. It's Ty Ty is uh, continuing to come along just fine uh, as a uh, as a as a player for uh, for Kentucky, and I'm really really looking forward to watching him grow and develop over these next few non-conference games. And we're going to talk about what to expect out of the rest of Kentucky's non-conference slate in just a moment. But before, but before we do that, I want to tell you guys about our friends at Bet Online. It's Thanksgiving, and we all know what that means: football. 
And nothing goes better with football than turkey and betting. Bet Online has you covered all holiday season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this Thanksgiving. So head over to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus with promo code Locked On. And it's not just football. BetOnline also has pro and college hoops, NHL, boxing, UFC, and even your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait. Take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, we're stuffed with deals this Thanksgiving. All right, so wrapping up the Tuesday edition of Locked On Kentucky here. Look, if you haven't subscribed already to the podcast, we really appreciate it if you do so. That way you are notified whenever another episode of Locked On Kentucky comes out. So just want to kind of briefly look ahead here to the uh, the final few games of Kentucky's non-conference slate before things really get serious. Most teams, I, wouldn't, I shouldn't say most teams, some teams like Kentucky that are on the national stage currently are going through this week, this Thanksgiving week, uh, where they're, they're going through different tournaments and different things like that, different classics, different short little tournaments and things like that, like in the Bahamas, the Jim Maui, uh, the, the Bad Boy Mowers Invitational, different things like that. But Kentucky is, is, has got this relatively easy non-conference slate. They've got three more games where they're not playing a Power 6 opponent. They're going to play North Florida, they're going to play Central Michigan, and they're going to play Southern University. Now, when you look ahead to some of those uh, some of those games, according to KenPotton.com, here's the final score predictions for some of those. And I just want to say, Ken Palm's been pretty darn close. So that's the reason why I give some preference. And I'm also looking at, at, at other, other websites whenever, whenever I kind of take some t- statistics into uh, account because I think that is really important to look at some numbers here while we talk about college basketball. So their next four games, they're predicted to win 84-62 against North Florida, 86-59 against Central Michigan, 84-57 against Southern, and they're somehow projected to lose to Notre Dame right now by one point. It's uh, they, they get a 52% chance to win that game, but because it's on a neutral field, uh, Kim Palm apparently doesn't really like that matchup. I personally do. I think that if Kentucky is uh, is going to continue to just kind of build on what they've the on the product that they're putting out, if they're going to continue to figure out how they want to run their offense, if they would just put some pressure on the ball defensively, um, I think that they will run into teams like Notre Dame and Ohio State and Louisville uh, later on down the line, and I think that they uh, I think that they'll do just fine. You look at that uh, you you look after that though. You've got Louisville, Missouri. And uh, you've got one more non-conference game until you play Kansas later on, and that's against High Point. I don't understand why Kentucky plays a SEC opponent and then they get one more non-con team before they go on the road and they really get into the thick, thick of things. But it's just the way the schedule shook out this season. So I think the more that I look at it, while Kentucky does not necessarily have the strongest resume at this point. I really like the way that their conference, uh, non-conference schedule rather has panned out. And this is something that we've emphasized a little bit before on the show is making sure you're ready to take on your conference slate. I think you could say the same for football. You could say the same for, for, for a variety of sports. Get through your non-conference slate. Work on you. Work on what's important to your team. And by the time that you face the LSUs, the Vanderbilts, the Tennessees, the Auburns of the world, you're going to know how to operate your system, and you're going to be able to take on those teams because right now Kentucky, I don't think, is ready to take on the SEC slate. Again, they've they played down to their competition at certain points uh, during the this this uh, this early season, 
especially in the first half, they've got to clean that up. They've got to be able to 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 get things polished before they t- play teams that are just as polished or more polished than they are and can really take them head on. Because, look, I'm looking at that January 4th game against LSU, and I'm saying, okay, that's on the road. That's a team that just beat Belmont uh, the, tonight, by the way. They've already beaten two or three NCAA tournament teams from last season. That is a team that scares me because they have length, they have energy, they run up and down the court real quick. Will Wade is a solid coach. That is a team that can stick with you, hang with you at halftime, can lead you at halftime by a few scores, and then can hang on in the second half because they're just as good as you. So it's really important to me that Kentucky continues to kind of work on these little individual things, figuring out how many jump shots they want to take, figuring out how severe Wheeler fits into the offense and whether or not he's just going to be the guy for everything stemming that is stemming uh, stemming off of him moving forward. How much do we get? Uh, how much do we get Kellen Grady involved in the offense? Because I still think that he is not used enough. He is good as a role player. Obviously, it's been clear that he's efficient as a role player. But as a starter, he should be shooting the ball more. Kellen Grady should get involved in the offense a little bit more. Kentucky needs those three-point shots. They're not going to get everything to fall. They're not going to have Oscar Shibway uh, without fouls forever. And that's another thing about this LSU matchup later on down the road is that could po- pose a problem for uh, for Kentucky because Shibway uh, could could could, could uh, get in foul, foul trouble. Also, Kentucky is not the tallest team in the world. They're not the tallest team in the world, so that, that could be an issue. Again, there's a lot of things Kentucky can run into down the road that could really mess them up if they're not prepared mentally now. So that's kind of what what I wanted to talk about here in this segment is, man, there are a lot, a lot of things that Kentucky has to work on before they get to uh, get to conference play, get to some of these more tough, tougher non-conference matchups. But I am still really proud of what I've seen out of this team so far this season as opposed to what was going on last year because it is it to me, it looks like a night and day difference. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. You can follow the show on Twitter at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at Daw Pound. And uh, on tomorrow's edition of Locked On Kentucky, more basketball talk. Going to kind of continue to preview, uh, kind of continue to preview some other games going on throughout the week. Going to talk a little bit, hopefully, about Kentucky's matchup with Louisville uh, this weekend. Could potentially have a crossover crossover episode with uh, Locked On Louisville coming up. Later on this week, make sure you uh, you, you uh, keep an ear out for that. But yeah, really appreciate you guys making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Make sure that you subscribe to the podcast right now. Get notified whenever the next episode comes out. All right, that's going to do it. I will see you guys tomorrow. Go Wildcats, and God bless.